What's up, besties? Danielle here, and welcome to another episode of the She vs. World podcast. I am so grateful and happy that you are joining and listening today. Today's episode is just fun. It's a gal pal conversation. We laugh, we make jokes, we just have a great time. I am sitting down with one of my dear friends. She's also one of my favorite group fitness instructors. She's the lady behind all those posts that you would see of me pre-pregnancy at Carrie's Pilates Plus. Heather Adair. She is a rockstar fitness instructor, nutrition coach, and actress. And we are just having a great old time today. We're talking about big things like the state of the fitness industry and relentlessly pursuing your passions, but we're doing it from the perspective of just two friends having a gal pal conversation and having a great time that we want you to be part of. So I'm going to leave it at that and I'm going to let you guys dive into today's episode. But before we get into it, I wanted to very quickly and very gratefully shout out a review that we received on Apple Podcasts from Nick Shin. Thanks, Nick, for writing this. She says, I love listening to Danielle on the way to work to kill my day. She really is like your tough love girlfriend who pushes you to be your best. Nick, that is such a great compliment. I absolutely love it. And I absolutely love that that is how you describe me because I have to agree with you. I am your tough love girlfriend. I want the best for all of you. And sometimes I'm going to say the things that are, you know, not everyone's most popular topics, but it's got to be said. So I'm so appreciative of you for being receptive to it. Fam, these reviews are so, so helpful for the show. They are so key to helping us grow and spread this incredible message and just make our community even stronger. So if you haven't yet, please go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify and leave a review for us. And as always, if this episode is just fun or if this show vibes with you, please reshare it on your Insta stories or reshare it to just a friend who would really benefit from it. It is your support that's helping this show grow, and it is because of you that we are able to do this. So thank you so, 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 so much. And without further ado, guys, get ready to have some fun with my gal pal, Heather Adair. Welcome to the She vs. World podcast, because being a modern woman balancing a career, business, friendships, relationships, family, oh, and our own needs can sometimes feel like it requires superwoman level powers. I'm Danielle Stead-Blanton, athlete turned corporate attorney who left my completely unfulfilling career in a male-dominated industry to disrupt the space and build the table for women leaders in the health and wellness worlds to thrive. I've teamed up with some of the biggest household names from their starts and through their massive growths by providing business, legal, and operations consulting services, while also being their number one hype gal and sometimes the dose of tough love that only your best girlfriend can give you. On this show, I'm sharing everything I've learned along the way, both the practical business lessons to help your business thrive and the tough life lessons that ladies, we are just not talking about enough and need to be. And of course, I'm handing the mic off to some of the most inspiring and powerful women in our industries to share their stories and lessons too, because together we can conquer it all. Hello, hello, friends, and welcome to another episode. Today's guest is someone who is very near and dear to me because she is not only one of my very favorite fitness instructors, she is someone who has kicked my ass more times than I'd ever like to publicly share. And she does it with a smile and so politely the entire time. And that right there is a gift. Heather Adair joins us, and she's an actress, a comedian, a fellow Taylor Swift lover, fitness industry rock star, and mostly we're just so lucky to get to hang out and chat today. Hi, Heather. 
<laughs> that intro, my goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my gosh. I think so it's funny as I find that I like love writing these guest intros for everybody. And I say that everyone should have like a walk-up song that they didn't write, <laughs> where it's just someone else talking about all their best qualities. I mean, it's the best way to be hyped up ever. Are you kidding? I was right? like, yes, like, Taylor Swift. Yes, I do love Taylor Swift. Yes. Um, can we talk about how she has a new album coming out? I was just going to say that. I know. I know. I'm very exciting. Very, very, very exciting times. Yep. I'm ready. I'm ready for it. No pun intended. I'm, Get it? I'm, yeah. Right. And it's like, there's such a great time of the year. It's like fall. It's cozy. I know. It's new Taylor Swift music. Like the universe does provide. <laughs> the universe does provide. That is so true. That is so true. Yep. I used to get dragged on so deeply for loving Taylor Swift, like back in my, when I taught spin classes and I would want to put her on a playlist and people would make fun of me because they were like, no, all, it must be all hip hop all the time. And I was like, but it, come on, it's such a bop. And then people would start to play like blank space. And it was like such a fun spin song. I was like, see, I told you, I told you. And then she just keeps on pumping out the hits, like hit after hit after hit. Right. And I think this is also before SoundCloud when like fun remixes of her music came out because now yeah. Yeah. I have so many T-Swift remixes in my SoundCloud and I will still rock out to them and still <laughs> think it's the best thing I've ever heard. <laughs> 100%. So I like to welcome everyone in with a hype up song because I've been on enough podcasts where they just read a bio and it's like not the most exciting because <laughs> I, I think what is fun is to let you share with everyone who you are, what you're about, what you do, because that's really how people get to know you. So why don't you share with everyone, like, you know, the Heather bio that didn't come from anything I just said. <laughs> um, okay. Well, um, gosh, I'm always so weird uh, with these things. Um, I've been living in Los Angeles for the past, I'm originally from New York, um, but I've been living in Los Angeles for the past Oh my goodness, going on 12 years, which is crazy. It makes me sound and feel so old. Um, but I thought I was going to be here for six months and I never left. <laughs> and here we are. We guess um, you like that here, huh? And we just like hook you in. <laughs> Everyone was like, the quality of life. I was like, I don't even know what that means, but man, <laughs> I know what it means. Um, and I've been teaching fitness for 11 now, which is bonkers to me. Um, I moved out here to be an actor and, you know, like everything else in life, those um, opportunities kind of ebb and flow and have had some great opportunities. And, you know, then there's some really frustratingly sad <laughs> downtime and um, fitness was always sort of like that second passion that I've been able to since COVID actually make my, my full-time job, my bread and butter, um, because I was supplementing that with restaurant jobs and odd jobs. Um, so it was a little bit of this, a little bit of that, but now I'm, I'm full-time, uh, teaching and personal training and just auditioning and, and working whenever I get that opportunity. So yeah. What else well, do you I, want to know? Mary, I, I have everything. Fun. That's what we have time for. <laughs> Um, I love that you came to LA for six months and then we're like, okay, after six months I'm out, but what kept you here? Oh, what kept, that's a great question. Um, because it's not the quality of life for shining people, like no shade to LA as an LA native here. (laughs) Um, I, I bit the bullet. I wanted, I never grew up with dogs, but I always wanted a dog and I don't know what made me think, you know, if you're going to be here for six months, why are you getting a dog? But anyways, I got a dog. I, I moved in 
um, I think I moved in September or October. So we're truly coming up on my like 12 year anniversary. And that January I adopted a dog and he changed my whole life. And I, I just, I don't know, he made me fall in love with the city. I think I found my routine, um, once I got him and I just start to, started to really love Los Angeles. And, and that's sort of the short version, but that's, that's, um, that's what kept me here. His name was Tucker and he was the best dog ever. <laughs> Tucker. Tucker. Oh, I know. Tucker. I yes. feel like, um, one of the things I always loved about you is you're a dog person and I'm a dog person and like, I don't wear it as much on my sleeve as I should, but like, like that dog, like when you say like your dog can change your life, like I yeah. I feel that so deeply. Yeah. Yeah. They really can. They're the best. It was the best decision I ever made, truly. I mean, for a number of reasons, kept me in LA, sure, but just the best, the best, the best decision ever. Yeah. How, how many do you have now? Um, uh, We still have two. So um, I have a pit bull and a cockapoo. <laughs> That's right. You have, I, I was like the big and the small. Yeah, yeah, the big and the small, and they keep us on their on, on our toes, and they sadly do not get along. So there's a lot of like baby gates, and you're in this room, and you're in that room, and oh god, somebody's calling me. Um, and um, but we we make it work. We make it work. The setup of our apartment is really helpful. It's it's like a long apartment, so we can you know you take the front, you take the back, and oh my god, it works out. Yeah. That's so funny. The baby gates. I can totally relate to that. <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. So yeah. You, you moved to LA. It got under your skin. The puppy got under your skin. And I know, always know you as a fitness person, but really you came to LA to pursue acting. Talk to us about how that was. Yes, yes. I, I studied musical theater in college and I, thought I wanted to do Broadway, um, you know, Broadway baby, let's try and make it on on the great white way. And um, I worked regionally here and there. I never made it to Broadway, but I knew I didn't want to give up um, the that passion like all together. So I thought LA is the only other place to go. And here we go. My, my best friend wanted to move. I don't think I would have ever made the leap at, oh my goodness, these text messages. I thought I turned them off. Um, I don't know how I would have made the, the leap um, on my own. I probably wouldn't have, um, but I'm so grateful for my, my best friend. So I, we, without her, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have come, but we did. And yeah, that was, you know, LA was the only other place to go in my mind. So um, I didn't want to give up acting entirely, um, but singing was really stressing me out. So I thought we'd, I would try my hand in LA at TV and film and, you know, it's going 12 years later. <laughs> We're still working on it, you know. I think that's so valuable, though, is that people think that, like, anything that they follow is just going to be, like, overnight, right? And we that's what we see yeah. always. But, like, what I told you off air, what I love about you and respect about you so much is, like, this is something that you're deeply passionate about, you care about, and you put your heart into. And that's a really valuable discussion right there. How has that been, you know, like, navigating that? Like, you've had also, like, really cool roles and commercials and, like, you were on a yes. Super Bowl ad. Like, you've <laughs> done awesome, awesome stuff. So I, I'm not trying to say that you haven't, but it's definitely been – it's it's been a road and you've stuck with it. And I'd love to hear about yeah. it. 
Yeah, it, that's exactly it has been a road. I mean, you sort of it does take a thick skin and I think finding um another passion that that fuels you on the side has been helpful, but also, I mean, we can get into all that too, like the pros and cons to all of that, but um I I really I want it more than anything. And um, I'm not the type of person that puts blinders on necessarily and um, is only going to, oh my gosh, Danielle, these dings. How do I, how do I make them stop? I don't know. How are you so popular? Are you booking your next big gig (laughs) on air right now? People, your people listening to this podcast are going to be like, the, the, the fucking dings. Um, I don't know. Put your phone on. Do not disturb. I don't even know how to do that. Oh my God. How do I do that? Yeah. Okay. For all of our listeners out there, if you don't know how to put your phone on, do not disturb. This is going to be the most valuable part of this podcast. So just click on your home screen and then where the little like a battery thing is, just swipe it down. Yeah. And then do you see like in the middle, there's a thing that says like, there's a little moon. It says focus, sleep, do do not disturb. Oh my gosh. Who knew? You're wow. welcome, everyone. You're welcome. Wow. This is a real reading rainbow moment for me. For all um, of us. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry. Okay. No more dings. Um, okay. Now, where were we? <laughs> Sticking just, with it. It's your yeah. passion. You want it more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, there was plenty of years where I got really distracted with my love life and I was not trying at all. I was distracted by um, a relationship that I was in and working through and I was not auditioning and not, didn't have an agent and not trying at all going to the restaurant. And then, you know, you wake, I truly, I feel like I woke up one day and was like, Heather, get it together. Like, this is not why you came out here. This is not what you want to do with your life. Like you, you have to still live. You got to keep the lights on, but uh, you know, what lights you up inside. And so I, turned everything around in a sense that sounds so dramatic. It's not like I turned everything around. I didn't, I'm not a series regular um, yet. (laughs) I don't know. Um, But I, um, (laughs) maybe someday. Um, I got an agent. I started booking work and, you know, the commercials were very sporadic, but they would happen. And that was great money that would kind of fuel you for a little bit. And besides the money, it was a really great like pep in your step. You're like, oh, wait, I booked something. Wait, I'm good at this. Wait, I'm, I'm validated. And you know, it, it gives you, it kind of hooks you in and keeps you going, um, for the next one, because the feeling of booking is so, it's such a freaking high. It's like doing a drug. You're like, oh my God, people like me and they chose me and they want my talent and da, 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 da. they believe in me. And it just is the best feeling, but finding, the stuff that fuels you in between those jobs, because my God, they can be few and far between. I haven't booked anything this year. Um, and I had a great year last year, you know, it's just, you know, that's, that's, that's life. That's all the stuff in between that you gotta, you gotta find a way to keep it going. But I will say that when you do book, it kind of hooks you and you're like, okay, I got my fix till the next one, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Yeah, but that's how I think it is with anything in life. If we can acknowledge it, it's like waves, right? It's like ups and downs, ebbs and flows. Yeah. And when it's good, you're like, this is amazing. Like you said, like it's this validation. And then you have to also remember that like there it has to be like equal and opposite forces in life. And then we have to remember that that like high when things are not going as well yeah. or as we hoped. Yeah. yeah. And know that it's also like everything is temporary. Like the next yeah. 
the next booking is coming. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I do believe that. And just like, yeah, staying strong in the times between is, is off, is, is just the hardest can be. I mean, there's so many hard things about the industry and the business, but, um, keeping your, keeping the faith kind of like in the, in the downtime is tough. And it's, you know, so many people have decided like this lifestyle is not for me and that's okay. But I think when you can accept that this lifestyle is what it is, like, you know, what is the phrase? Like it's, it can be feast or famine, you know, you book a job, you have a great commercial, um, you know, often like, like personal training, like you got a bunch of clients and everything's like flowing and oh my God, you feel like the cash flow is here. Oh my, and then, you know, you don't book a job or the client's client roster is, is down for this month or whatever the case. Like, so it can be a very much like stressful feast or famine type lifestyle. But if you can accept that and say, okay, this is the life I've chosen. This is the lifestyle that I, even with the good, the bad, the ups and downs that I love, you know, that, that is helpful. You can just sort of like, okay, this is what I, I've chosen this path for myself. I'm, I don't work a nine to five, nor do I want that lifestyle. And that's okay. You know? So I think when you can, can you, accept that, that's helpful. Can you elaborate more on that? Because I think what you said was so valuable and it's, it's valuable and relatable in all of our lives, right? Like we were talking off air about business and it's like, you're up, you're down, you're sideways. You don't even yep. know you could go that direction. And yep. how do you deal with it mentally? And I, and I don't just mean like the, the booking or whatever, but how do you deal with the ups and downs of it mentally? Because like you said, it is a long game and there's a lot of people who've chosen to not go on this path. But I think for people who have their own business or like you said, a personal training business or acting and auditioning, how do you keep your head in the game? And how would you also like recommend somebody Mm. with some like coping tactics or just mental health tactics? Yeah. Gosh. I mean, I, 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 I don't know because I certainly don't have it figured out, but I think, you know, a strong support system, which you know, not, maybe not everybody has. I'm so grateful for such a supportive husband and friends that I can, you know, vent to and cry with and, you know, celebrate truly the wins and, and the losses, which, you know, there's a lot more losses sometimes and there are wins. Um, so having that strong support system is crucial. Your girl's in therapy every two weeks, you know, I get to yes. download somebody completely, um, you know, um, unbiased and well, she's probably maybe a little biased after all these years, <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I, I probably should meditate more. I would say, you know, having more of a spiritual, spiritual practice. I, I don't, but I would recommend that because I have heard that that is like key <laughs> to so much. So I'm, I'm maybe recommending that for myself. Um, and I think I touched on this earlier, you know, as best you can finding something else that you love in the meantime, like some people probably need to go full on balls to the wall. Like I said, like that there's people out there that have the, the blinders on for the passion of this business. And I, I have passion for this business and for this career and I want it, but at the same time, like it cannot be my all day, every day, I will go crazy. So finding fitness and something else that I, that I really love um, to sort of keep the lights on has, as I think, kept me going, um, 
for the most part. So yeah, I mean, support system is crucial and it breaks my heart if somebody's listening to this and they, and they didn't, wouldn't, you know, don't have that. I'll be that person. You could DM me. I'll be that person for you. If you're listening, we'll, you're link, like, her, we'll link her IG in the show notes. She'll be your, your person. And also she might add therapists to her resume next year. Just maybe, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so hopefully those are helpful. Um, I don't know tactics to, to, to keep you going. I think what you said about support system is invaluable. And I think that as we, um, this is going to sound terrible as we get older, like I, you know, we're in our mid thirties and I'm not, I love being in my mid thirties, but you, your access to friends is different. You're not in high school. You're not in college. You're not like 22, 23 years old. Yeah. How is it, how have you found like having a support system in your thirties, other women, like what are those relationships like? Oh, good question. Good question. I am one of those rare, well, I don't know if it's rare, but I have, um, I think like, okay, I have like 10 different thoughts running through my head. Um, I have this group of them all. There's five of us and we have been friends, some of us since kindergarten and um, the other handful of girls in that group we we met in high school and we are on Marco Polo. I don't know if you know Marco Polo, but we send each other like video at, uh, messages and we're constantly texting and they all have kids. I do not. So, you know, there's a lot of um, times where they're busy with their family and whatever, but they are a solid group of girls that are just, we have been there through thick and thin and everything in life and, and I'm so grateful to still have that um, all the way up until, I mean, I just turned 40. So like, <laughs> you know, and I don't think they're, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. And then when I moved to LA, um, I have a great support system here, um, a rock solid best friend who now lives in Santa Barbara, but we still talk all the time. And she is that person that you can just call anytime, dump anything onto, vice versa. I think we're that person with for each other. Um, the, from anything, the, the deepest trauma to like the most mundane, the guy at Trader Joe's was so weird, you know, like anything, <laughs> um, voice memos all day long. Um, and then I have like a great group of girls, to, um, in Los Angeles that, you know, we'll get a happy hour every couple weeks and, um, I'm not going out and like clubbing anymore uh, necessarily, but you know, we'll go have a, have a cocktail and I'm home by eight and like, you know, but it's, it is, um, I do feel well supported, which I'm so grateful for, but I completely hear you. Like it is, as you age, those relationships do change. People have more responsibilities and families and kids. And, um, so, and it's hard to make new friends. I think we've seen all the memes about that, right? Like floating around social media, but it's making friends in your thirties is like nearly impossible. And it's like, we should get coffee. We should do this. We should do this. And then it never happens, you know? I have a friend and we literally will send each other calendar invites and then we'll, we'll move the calendar <laughs> invites. And I'm like, this is bad. Like this is real, but, but it's, it's just kind of, you know, it's just what we do. Um, I know. I know. But and I even with you, you, like you and I have like tried to go on walks. And I, I remember texting you once. I was like, I refuse to be, I'm not going to be this person where I'm like, oh, we should hang out. And then we never do. So you, we went for a walk that one time. We hung out. We did it. We made it once for everyone. <laughs> we made it for once. Reference. And it will happen again. It will happen again. It will happen again. Heather's coming over soon, guys. We'll document <laughs> it for all of you. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Podcast number two. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I feel like you had a really interesting, like, 
you've had a really cool ride right now with acting, but then you're also, you've been crushing it with your fitness and your personal training. And you've oh. also been at a, I remember you were a spin instructor like 10 years ago. I'm like, my God, yeah. You, yeah. like you've seen the industry change and evolve and you've changed with yeah. it so much. What has your journey in the fitness industry been? Um, so I started, um, I, I moved out here and I was working at a restaurant. I got fired from that restaurant job and I was like taking all these spin classes at crunch and I was like obsessed with it. And I was like, I love this so much. Why don't I just get certified? I don't have a job anymore. So (laughs) that's truly what led me to, I'd always like worked out and enjoyed working out, but I never taught before. So, um, Again, up until COVID, I was always supplementing the fitness with a restaurant job, but I was I started teaching spin and I started a couple small gyms and studios and then I moved up to some bigger studios. And uh gosh, taught spin, I taught bar, I taught and currently teach performer Pilates, and then with COVID that expanded to personal strength training, you know, all the the squats and the lunges and the dumbbells and the, and you know, mat Pilates, anything that people can really do from home. Um, but as far as like seeing, gosh, how it's changed throughout the years, um, I don't even know where to begin. But as far as my journey, that's sort of a, a little like brief resume of, of my history. Um, but, you know, sort of the downside, like I was saying before, you know, have that that side passion, you know, if you're going to be in this industry, acting industry, when when it's so fickle, having something else on the side to really support you is crucial. But I think that having those two passions, the the con to that is that I never really went full on, full steam ahead to either one, because I was always want to act and that's, that's the passion. Sure. But then you still got to keep the lights on. So you're, you're spending a lot of time focusing on building up the clientele and teaching these classes and honing your skills and learning. But then, so I never turned into this, nor did I really ever want to, but I never, I never like became a crazy fitness influencer where I had crazy followings of people. You know, I was very comfortable at the 9am. I still am (laughs) the 9am, like drop the kids off, come take out like like the mom time slot, you know? Um, And that was always hard for me too, because I would see some people who the fitness was their passion and the fitness was their life and, and making their fitness career be the end all be all. And so I was always sort of stuck in the middle of, uh, and still am stuck in the middle of both. And that is, I think the, the con, if I had to pick one for, for having two passions, you know, cause you're just never fully, fully invested in either one. So I don't know. That's a whole, that's a whole therapy session right there. <laughs> You know what though? I think it's actually kind of nice because like some days you'll get so, and this is like the devil's advocate in me, right? Like some days you'll just get so wrapped up in like you said, the fitness influencer of it. And it's just like, no, you got other shit to do. Like I remember I would leave the studio sometimes and just be like, Hey guys, I would love to stand around here and take pictures. But like, I got a client, I got to meet, I got stuff to do. And it's like, there also is something freeing about that where you then don't get caught up in the like, the, 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 the influencer rat race. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, and talk about how it's changed throughout the years. I mean, now so much of it, I mean, it's always been content, right? Con- the content, just the, the the actual presentation of it has changed. But now, obviously, as we all know, like 
the video is king and reels are where it's at. And like those take a lot of time until you can get your bearings with it. And, you know, um, yeah, it's like I got I got other stuff to do. But if you don't make the content like, you know, you got to, you know, a lot of um, ways that I found new clients through COVID was social media and Instagram and stuff like that. So you do have to sort of stay with it. But yeah. Yeah, it's a lot to balance. It's, oh my God, even just you saying like, then there's reels. And I was like, uh, like it is so, it's so much more than, you know, so for example, when you were teaching spin, like that none of this existed, right? Like you weren't like, come take me, you know, posting your class schedule and then like taking pictures afterwards. And like, is that weird? No, it did. It did exist back then for sure. But I was like drinking the freaking Kool-Aid back then big time. I was like so excited to like get the pictures taken and post my schedule. And now I'll get like the the Facebook memories like on this day 10 years ago. And I'm like, oh my God, it was so obnoxious. I'm kind of doing the same thing now. I've just cooled it off a, li- a little bit, I think. But because so much of how you made and and currently still how you make money is filling up those classes. So you want to promote those classes and you want people to come to the studio and support you and support the team. And uh, so, uh, you know, the only way I knew, 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 um, of of doing it with proper English, um, of doing that and kind of still do like, I don't have a website. I don't have, this is where you come in when we have our business strategy session in a few weeks. Um, but you know, the only way of, of doing that for me is, is social media. So, um, but it did exist back then. It was just, it just looked very different and there was no video. That was not a thing. Tell us how you have changed, how you use social media. I mean, I think you just did, but like, tell us like kind of the state of social media 10 years ago and like fitness influencers and instructors to like how you see it now. Yeah. Oh boy. Um, again, pros and cons, like there's so, so much good social media can do and bring so much good and so informative and so inspiring. And so, um, you know, there's a beautiful side to social media. I love it. People have ragged on me for years and I'm constantly on Instagram. And yeah, I am. I'm constantly scrolling Instagram. I don't know if it's the ADD or whatever it is. <laughs> like, I like to be in the know. I like to see what my friends are up to. I like to see what the trends are. Um, but it's a lot of pressure. And then, of course, I would say just in the last, it never really got to me mentally until the last like couple years. And I would, it would hear people talk about the bad side of it and how it would make them feel negatively and, you know, um, depressed and they would compare their journeys to other people. And that, I didn't really experience that until, I don't know what it was. I mean, the timeline seems to match up for COVID, but I I don't, I wouldn't say it was COVID. Maybe I was just on it even more or something, but with both acting and fitness, I would see myself comparing and despairing and more so than ever before. So I think, I don't even know if I'm answering your question, but just being more aware of it throughout the years of the mental effect that it can take, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. and just realizing that all of it is smoke and mirrors, you know, and people are out there just trying to like, I'm, you know, if I'm seeing the good in everybody, like everyone's just trying to make it through the day and make a buck and, you know, talk about their business and 
let's all be as supportive as we can, you know, because we're all just trying to get by (laughs) and social media is a great tool for that sometimes. So I don't know if I answered that. I felt like I was talking in circles there. I think that's a really beautiful perspective because, you know, I, I have like my love hate relationship with it and (laughs) and that like, you can't hate it entirely because it does like, it's beautiful. It brings people together. I've made really good friends off of Instagram and I've, you know, yeah. And, and like, I've even played on TikTok. I'm going to say out loud. I love TikTok. Love it. Love it. I've been playing on TikTok and, you know, I'm meeting people that way. And it's just like, you can't discount how powerful it is, but you also have to have the approach that you do of like, you just, you have to have fun with it. You can't take it so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, and then like, as I say all that, gosh, sometimes I'll look at like, these influences are that are in and, and no shade. I, I'm like, this is good on them. Like teach me how, but like, I also don't have the time or I guess the desire to go full into it, but they're buying houses with their, this, you know, they're, I mean, and you know, you must see all the brand deal contracts that you're working on. Like these people are making money and like no shame in that game, you know? And that's all that is. That is social media for better or for worse. These people are buying homes off of their brand deals for gummy bears. I don't know. It's crazy. I mean, I haven't worked with any of those people. So I really <laughs> like if you're listening and you're selling gummy bears and that's going to make us seven figures, please call me. Um, I'll link that number in the show notes also. <laughs> um, yeah, that's it. It's, it is. And I think like, I like your perspective on like how it's changed and how we can use it for the best and, and I and I'd also say you'd probably see the see the fitness industry change a lot in the past decade as well. Yep, 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 yeah. I mean, I think this is what part sparked our conversation initially was what it looks like on social media to be a fitness instructor, or a personal trainer, and and not even on social social media in in general in life, like your appearance and your the pictures that you're posting and how sexy you look or don't look or, you know, the clothes that you're wearing versus the lack of the clothes that you're wearing and how that, you know, what makes you credible in, in, in the industry, you know, when it comes to all of that. And I play that game a little bit, but like, you know, I put up that reel the other day, like I'm, I've been in this industry for so long now. I know what I'm doing, but I don't have a six pack. And does that make me any less credible than somebody else that's teaching the exact same stuff and has the exact same qualifications and credentials, you know, um, because I know what it takes to get that, but it's also like, again, coming back to like the time and the, this and the, that, like, oh my God. Okay. If I want to track all day and if I want to like, you know, X, Y, and Z do all the things that I need to, to get that body and maintain that body. Um, but what is not having it say about me, you know? And I have to remind myself that it nothing, it shouldn't say anything. I, I should, that's okay that I don't have that and I'm doing what I'm doing, you know? Oh so, my God, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, that, seeing that change throughout the years, you know, and just knowing so much of it is, is genetics too for people, you know, I'm not going to have the body of a 21 year old who had two athletes for parents. Like, you know, um, that's just not going to happen, but God wish it, you know, I know, I know. And 
So I, I, you know, as cheesy as it sounds, like just coming back to like self-love and self-worth, self-worth and, and, and not being distracted by what you see on social media, like a fine balance between being inspired by it, but not distracted by it, if that makes any sense. That's a really incredible perspective. Cause I feel like I, I for like a really long time, definitely bought into that of like how you look is how people will value you. For sure. I mean, yeah. I still do. Yeah. To some degree, it's, it's a constant battle to not think that way. Right. And I think that, you know, for me, I think the first time I ever in the past, I'd say like five to seven years, like felt like not good enough is actually when I first got pregnant earlier this year. And like, I was bloated for the first, you know, you're bloated your whole first trimester and no one knows like, did you just eat too much or like, what's going on? Gas, like what's going on? And, and then you go to studios that are like the most Instagrammable, beautiful, filled with beautiful people. And you, and you're on the other side of it. And I was like, well, fuck, like this, this was like such an eye-opening moment for me. And, and Mm -hmm. so you and I actually started this conversation, I think like months ago at this point Mm -hmm. of like, it's no longer interesting to me to be like, these are the sacrifices I have to make to look like this. Mm -hmm. And I could, Mm -hmm. you know, have the extra five pounds of like, this is date night with my husband, or this is my friends hanging out or socializing. Like I, I've done, and I will do on and off, I'm sure the, the tracking thing, um, I'm doing it experimentally now because I've just got my nutrition certification. So I'm, you know, I want to be more versed in that for my clients. And I, I do know there's so, there's so many pros to that, but going out to eat and trying to track is like so stressful. And it's like, oh I, just, I just want to go out and have some chips and salsa and guac with my girlfriends and not have to worry about it. Now, if you're like tra- training for a bikini competition and we're truly at that level, okay, that's a different conversation, but just like getting by in life, like go live your life, you know? And the, the, the studio thing, you know, the first thing that came up for me when you said that was like, I, I've taught at some of these like, you know, prestigious studios in LA. And like when I was teaching at the spin studio, um, wasn't you know, it also a TV show? It was also a brief TV show. I was not a part of the TV show, but yes, it was. Um, I had just started actually at that time. Um, but you know, you're, you're up there and you're teaching and you're the instructor. And I remember I would look out into like the, the crowd of riders in front of me and everybody, it seemed like everybody had sports bra on and zero negative zero body fat. And, you know, and I, that is not me. And that was hard on some days to be like, you know, you, feeling like, wait, you're the authority figure here, but you look down and you see something that's not you and how you sort of like, you know, I, what's the word? I don't know, like rectify that, like in your brain and in your head. And again, it's just constant, like, okay, no, that doesn't make me any less worthy of being the instructor of this class. I know what I'm doing. I am teaching this class just because I'm not bouncing around in a sports bra myself, you know? And I feel the same way that the studio that I teach now, it's so it's, you know, I show up in like a t-shirt and no makeup on and, you know, that's just, that's me teaching the fitness class. You know, I'm not always going to have, you know, the hair done and the, the sports bra and the matching set, you know, the hottest like aloe set, you know, which I love. And, but, you know, as, as I say this, I'm like probably going to get still shots taken soon to promote my nutrition stuff. And like, you know, I'll probably do exactly that, you know, but that, you know, I don't know. So again, finding that balance, right? Finding that yeah. balance. Yeah. 
I think it's a really interesting conversation to be had though amongst instructors of being able to kind of pull ourselves away from like the old days of like the black and whites, dripping sweat, six pack, like that's what fitness is. Mm -hmm. And also recognizing that how we view fitness as an industry has changed. Mm -hmm. And like, Mm -hmm. we can acknowledge that like you can be healthy and, and like, you know, we, we see this a lot right now. Like we can all eat the same thing and do the same workout. And like Heather, you and I could do the same exact thing and we would still look different. That's just because our bodies are different. And we're finally understanding that. And I think it's a really valuable conversation as fitness instructors Mm -hmm. to also recognize that, that like strength, it's not just about the fact that like you can get someone to have big biceps. It's Mm -hmm. can you motivate someone then to show up every day to do the work to have the biceps? Oh my gosh. So true. Such an like excellent point. Yep. And it's, it's what's so inspiring about some of the personal clients that I work with. They, they really do. They show up three days a week and put in the work and you know, that's the hardest part of it sometimes. Like, of course, the actual workout is hard, but setting the time aside and building that time out into your schedule. And then when that time actually shows up, like showing up and doing the work, like it's, it's, and consistently doing that is, is a big feat in and of itself for, for people. How do you think we can change that conversation amongst fitness instructors that that is what we should be focusing on more? Oh my God. Oh my God. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I think just keeping the conversation going. I mean, I'm so inspired by, you know, again, going back to one of the positive sides of of social media. I think there's so much out there now that is, that, that touches on this sort of thing. Um, and it is, but, but never, it's never enough, never enough. Um, but keeping that conversation going and myself being a part of it, you know, keeping, um, the, the posts up and just remembering and sharing that, that your self-worth doesn't come down to the size of your body, you know, or what you look like, um, whether you are an authority in the industry or, or not, like you can be curvy and be a personal trainer and it's okay and the world's not going to end and you can still know what you're doing. You know, we are so, we are all built so differently inside and out. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if that really answered that, but I think just keeping those, the, 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 that conversation flowing and going and, you know, the posts about it that I see are always inspiring and a, always a great reminder. Um, Cause I know I constantly need to hear it. So I know other people do too, you know? Yeah. And I also really admire you, for example, for going and getting your nutrition certification where I think that we are all going towards a more science-based education-based approach Mm -hmm. is that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's like we, I just said, it's one thing that like you look a certain way, but it's, and it's, it's a different thing if you can help someone else look a certain way, but can you motivate that person? Can Mm -hmm. you create intrinsic mental changes? Can you Mm -hmm. help them adapt their lifestyle? And, and so you know, I've always been like science-based, credential-based, certification-based. And so someone like you, who's taking that extra step to better themselves with nutrition, I think that's hopefully where we're steering ourselves to. Yeah. Well, and just what I've learned for so long, it was just like, I I like that high of working out and, um, you know, the the runner's high or, you know, endorphins. Hello. Um, But so much of it is that I'm, that I'm just realizing really in the last couple of years is connected to your nutrition. I would just think like, oh, I could eat a salad and work out and, you know, 
it, it doesn't work like that if you have specific goals in mind. So it's just so much, they're just so intertwined, you know? Um, if you're doing strength training three times a week, but you're not eating to reflect that strength training, you know, what are we doing? So that's why I'm, again, if that person's goals are body composition changes, if they are just implementing that, we're just getting started and we just want to build in a consistent routine and, and move our bodies to feel good because that's fucking okay too. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it doesn't, you don't always have to be searching as we were saying for that six pack. But if you want to see like true, true, true changes, a lot of that is going to be reflective of your nutrition and it's just, they just work together. So finding that, making them sort of talk to each other um, is what I'm working on now. That's really cool. I love that you did that. And I love that I've, you know, I got to work with you years ago and it was really about like staying in your lane with fitness, but then you were like, I just know that I can give people more. And so for Mm -hmm. you to offer that, and that's something that like one, I hope everyone listening really takes with them is that like putting more tools in your tool belt is only going to make you more valuable to your clients. And it's only going to make you love your job more. And it's also only going to just fulfill your own life more because now you know all of this and have all this. Yeah. Yeah. And I just found it really interesting. I was so excited to learn about it, you know? Um, and it was a really great course too. You pace it out yourself, you know, you just, you pick it up when you have the time and you, you get through it, you know, on your own time. And that's what I did. And COVID, COVID gave me a lot of time. On my- <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> So, you know, um, but yeah, it's just, it's an, it's an ongoing conversation that I am so glad to see more of it happen on social media. Um, and I just think, you know, fitness instructors, you've touched on this too, in some of your posts, like need to also be really careful with their words. And, you know, I am not here for the instructors that are talking about like, the bikini body and the this and the that everybody's body is a bikini body. Like I, you know, we got to, that's the conversation we need to keep having and shouting from the, the, the rooftops because some fitness instructors out there can say some really strange things in their instruction. And I think they think it's motivating and it's really not. <laughs> so I think we all need to be really careful with what we say and how we say it to the people that are choosing to spend their time and work out with us. Super, super valuable point right there is I think a lot of us just, we say like, we're trying so hard to motivate on the fly and we'll just say shit that and not even think about it, you know? Yes. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Even, I don't remember exactly what it was, but we were talking about even just the phrasing around the word modifying. And I was Mm. like, oh my God, I never thought about it like that. Now I don't exactly remember what you said, but it was such a light bulb moment for me where I was like, oh, wow, I got to watch my wording on that. Because it's something I say in classes constantly, but you you never want to make somebody feel like that's a bad thing or that they're doing something wrong or they can't do it. And so this is the choice, you know, like it's just yeah. another option. It's a safety thing and it's, you know, it's okay. There's no shame. You yeah. know, are you doing your best right now? Okay, great. Then uh-huh. that's all we can do for, you know? Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, what the heck about modifications? Like this is science nerd, Danielle. Modification (laughs) is like inherently a a way to alternate a process to make it work better. 
And you guys know how much I love systems and making them work better, right? So modifications are literally operational efficiencies in your bodies. So if someone needs to modify an exercise, it just means that they're doing it so that it can move better in their body. They're not doing it because – so for example, if you're doing push-ups on your knees, it's because that's the best way to support your low back, your core, your shoulders. Maybe you just had a boob job. Who knows? But it's to make your body work better. It's not to because you're not capable. Yeah. And – I remember taking classes and people would say, if you need to modify, and I'm just like, bitch, I'm strong as shit and I'm still going to modify, you know? I still catch myself saying it like that all the time. Like if somebody's listening to this and they take my class, you'll, I say that and I, 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 I really need to work on that because yeah, it's, it's the phrasing matters. It really does. Yeah. Everything we say when we teach, it's funny. I think we could have like a whole conversation, a whole episode of like the words we say as fitness instructors have so much impact, but take that with you. The words we say have so, so much impact because people look at us as authority figures, which which is a huge responsibility that I'm not always prepared for. Oh my gosh. I remember when I taught spin, you know, Pilates isn't like this, at least not my style of it, um, nor is my personal training per se, but like when you're teaching spin, you know, so much of like that room and that experience is, and the music and the riding to the rhythm and all this stuff, like you, part of the job requirement for the studio that I was at um, was you sort of had to bring this like motivational like aspect to it. And there were some classes where it would really flow and it would come with the music and the lyrics and it would be, and then there are just some days where you're really fucking reaching for it. And you're, yeah. You just feel so like fake, you know, like saying all this I don't know, inspirational bullshit. And then there were just days where it felt really like you'd get chills because you felt it so deeply in your bones, but you're just trying to give these people a good experience. But oh my God, the days where I would be like tripping over my words of like, yeah, if you can't run, then you walk. And if you can't walk, then you crawl. Like I was like, and you're in a spin class and everyone's like, but we're spinning. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. That was that would stress me out big time. And then there are some people that were just masters at it, you know, and like, oh my gosh, like sell out their classes and and they call it church and you know, and some people just really had that. I had to reach for it a couple of times. I think we've all had to reach for it. I think on, on, in every in every aspect, we've all we've all had to reach for it. Yeah. Oh yep. my god. That's not right. Uh, Heather, you're the best. I'm so you're happy that we we got to chat and I'm really grateful for your perspective on, I think it's a fun perspective to talk about the fitness industry, women in the fitness industry, women instructors in it. So thank you for sharing that and being so open. Um, I I like to close every episode with three questions for my guest, and then the opportunity for you to pimp yourself out and share as much as you'd like (laughs) about where people can hang out with you. Um, First question, who is your dream client or brand that you would love to share your Heather magic with? Oh my gosh. I wish you had given me a heads up. I'm so bad on the fly. A dream client. Um, oh God, Danielle, I'm sweating. I don't know. I don't know. I TBD. I got to come back to you on it. I have no idea. Okay. okay. I know I should know that, right? As like a business, you know, I feel like that's a good answer I should have on the <laughs> In my back pocket. Here's the Uh, lesson from this question. (laughs) Okay, we're moving on. We're moving on. Here we go. If your business received a $10,000 grant tomorrow, meaning it is yours, it's free and clear, you can spend it however you want, what would you do with it? Um, I would probably, I would probably 
revamp our guest room to make it more teacher friendly for myself. Right now I do all my virtual private training uh, sessions in my living room, which works great. But um, if I could pimp out like a separate space for that, that would be great. Like just zhuzh it up with the mirrors and the this and the that and give myself that like space, office space essentially to teach my clients would be fantastic. Um, and you know, I would, I would share the love back a little bit. I got to say, I would, I would donate to, um, a worthy cause that I can't think of at this point in time. <laughs> oh my God. You're such a great human though. Wow. Probably a dog, probably a dog shelter knowing you. Dog shelter. There you go. I love it. Okay. Last question. If you could go back and tell your younger self something, what age would you be and what would you say to her? Oh my gosh, Danielle, these questions. I The sweat is pouring down my back right now. Um, I would go back to little – she was either 13 or 14-year-old 14, 14 Heather, and she overheard some mean boys talking negatively about her body, and that is sort of what set her off on this path way, way back when. Um, and I would tell her to just – to not listen and to find that sort of drive within herself and not let that come from mean things that other people were saying about her. Um, mm-hmm. that, that is just, it was such a landmark moment in my life that I could go back and tell her that like, you know, do this for you and not for them, you know, get healthy wow. for you, not for them. If you want to lose a couple pounds, okay, great. Do it for you, not for them, you know? Wow. Well, fuck those guys. I hope that they're <laughs> bald and fat and just Oh, losers. I think one's in jail right now. So Perfect. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. That's all you need to know. All right. I'm going to think about an answer for question one. I'll get back to you. It'll be my whole get back time. to me. We'll share it. We'll share it when this episode goes live. Heather, where <laughs> can everyone find you, connect with you, hang out with you? Um, so I am on Instagram, uh, Heather R, my middle initial R. So Heather with two R's, Adair, A-D-A-I-R, um, just did the big old Instagram handle change after many years. I was going to ask you that. I was like, that's not your handle. I know. I saw somebody with a pun in their, no, no offense. I love a pun, but I saw somebody with a pun in their Instagram handle and I was like irrationally annoyed by it. And I was like, wait. I have a pun in my Instagram handle. So I just changed it to my name. It was time. A little bit more professional, you know. Um, and I teach uh, reformer classes at Carrie's Pilates in West Hollywood. Come hang out with me. Best studio in Los Angeles, guys. Yeah, yeah. Not just because I taught there for five years also. <laughs> um, it is. It's a great, great workout if you like um, that reformer burn, you know. There's nothing like it. Yeah, truly. Heather, you're amazing. Thanks for hanging out today. We are so appreciative. Thank you. Right back at you. Thank you so, so much. Thanks for listening to the She First World podcast. If you loved it, and we hope you did, don't forget to leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to your podcast. Send this to a friend and share us on social, tagging me at danielle.stead. Until next time, talk soon, besties.